has already worked it out. Hallelujah. And so we are standing on the other side of through as prophetic people. As we dawn and we launch and we step across the threshold of a new month. And in that many things, many reports have gone across the land, but as believers and as children of God, we have to maintain our hope. Amen. We've got to maintain our hope and we've got to encourage one another. If there ever was a time for those who operated and were graced with the spirit of Barnabas, which means the son of consolation, this is that hour. The Lord was speaking to me as I was getting dressed this morning. He said, Lord, he said, amen, time is out for bickering and complaining and divisiveness. He said, time is out for bickering, complaining, and divisiveness. And the Lord said, this is the hour to encourage and edify my people. And so I encourage you, those of you who have the gift of encouragement, because I don't want you to get it twisted and think that the nine gifts are all the gifts that they are. That's just what Paul talked about. But the Bible said when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to men. And that is a multiple form of the word gifts. That means God has given more than just the nine that Apostle Paul talked about. Amen. So don't, don't, amen, don't limit yourself to what was mentioned in 1 Corinthians 13, but there are also gifts of encouragement. There are people who have the gift to hug. I call them the hugologists. When they hug you, they have healing in their arms. And then there are those that the Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs that have the gift of kindness in their tongue. The Bible said when they speak, they speak as, as smooth as honey and they have healing in their lips, healing in their mouths. So there are also those who have the gift of comforting words. And so this is your hour. Those of you who have kind words and words of consolation and words of comfort, this is your hour to stand and arise and to comfort God's people and to bring them back into a place of awareness that God has made a way. Amen. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. And as before we get started, I just want to acknowledge, amen, those who are on the front line that we are praying. The Lord even spoke in my spirit expressly. He said, make sure you cover the truck drivers. He said, make sure you cover the truck drivers. And, and we thank God for health care and our, our law enforcement and, and retail workers. But God said, don't forget the truck drivers because they're the ones behind it all. Amen. And so we're covering them on the highways. Many of them are exhausted. Many of them are, are working in hazardous conditions. And God said to make sure you cover them as they're on the highway, bringing in supplies, bringing in relief. God said make sure you encourage them. Amen. So we want to acknowledge them. Amen. We give God glory and honor for all things. I thank God for the ability to come into the house. Amen. We know our corporate church cannot be here, but I thank God for those who, amen. Uh, God, he put in their heart to yet come and yet press. And I thank God for my, my household especially. You'd be amazed at why God does the things that he does. But I thank God for my own children, my husband and my children that we birthed, that are standing here keeping the heavens open. Hallelujah. I thank God. Young people, young people, amen, that could have bought into the hype to stay home and, and not go to church, but they were the ones that said, Mom, we're going to do it. And so I thank God for them, for our worship leaders, our worship team, and of course our minstrels, amen, that are making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. God is good. 
I honor my husband who's working the camera. Praise God. Y'all might have heard him back and give him praise. (laughs) But we thank God for him, amen, standing and and, and keeping us on his shoulders, amen, lifting all of us up. I honor our pastor and her beloved husband, Pastor Charmaine, and her husband, Elder Michael, as they're watching and viewing from home. We send you our love. We send you our hugs and kisses. We honor our assistant pastor. We call her AP Jen. Amen. We thank God for her. AP Jen, we love you, woman of God. Continue to intercede, a strong intercessor. Amen. Don't mind waking up in the middle of the night to pray for the people of God. We thank God for her. We thank God for all of our uh, ministry staff members. Some who are here today. Amen. Open up in prayer and opening the building. We thank God for our deacon staff. Amen. The little church, Charlotte, is blessed. We are blessed. As their leader, I'm blessed to have a people who don't mind working. Are we okay? Because y'all talking in the mic, praise God. Oh, okay. All right. So we're still going through some technical things. So you all pray our strength in the Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask you to open up in your Bible. So the book of Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter and the 6th verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6. And there is a word for the people. Amen. And y'all try to be mindful of your conversation because that mic is picking everything up. God bless you. Y'all pray for us. God is doing a new thing. He's pushing a lot of us out of our comfort place, comfort zone. So, hallelujah. Um, and also, let me say to our my Soteria prophetic ministry family, I thank God for you. To my mentees all across the land, I thank God for you and I bless God for you. To our spiritual sons and daughters all across the land who are tuning in from Florida, from Georgia, from New York, Tennessee, amen, Kentucky, we thank God for you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. I want to read that again. This is found in Ecclesiastes 11, 6. And I trust that our church members are posting comments and the scriptures in our section. Amen. For those who will be watching the playback. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether whether shall prosper, which shall prosper. Either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. And I want you to turn also with me over to the book of Isaiah. And I'm pulling these verses out of context, but, but we've got a, we got a method, praise God. Um, Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 10. Isaiah 55, verse 10. I talked a lot about Isaiah last week, a couple weeks. Matter of fact, my last message was about the Messianic prophets, amen, that God is releasing on the earth to draw the hearts of the people back to the Father. Isaiah 55, verse 10, the Bible says, and again, this is going out of context, okay? Matter of fact, let me back that up to verse 8. Let's go. Isaiah 55, verse verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. I love that. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but it waters the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. Verse 11, I'm closing with that one. 
So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Father, we thank you and we honor you and we exalt you. And we bless you and we reverence you, Lord. And we thank you, Father. Lord, it is an awesome privilege to carry the word. To be a carrier. Especially in an hour like this. God, we don't take this moment lightly, Lord God, when we have to be ever so careful about what we're sowing into the earth realm, what we're sowing into the atmosphere, what we're sowing into our lives and our situations, and into even those who we have influence over. This is the time to be careful with that which we speak. And Father, even if we don't know what to say, you will even bless us for being silent. So God, this day I ask, Father, that you take this message that you conceived in my spirit. And I ask, Lord God, that you partner with me, Lord God, as I give birth to this word. That, Lord God, as the prophet said, it will not return unto you, Lord. Lord, in the hour where you have the people's minds captivated. And in the hour, God, where you have the whole world's attention, you said, let all the earth keep silence before me. For you are moving, God, even in the whirlwind. But you're yet speaking about the still, small voice. Help us, God, to put aside the noise and listen to the sound. For in that sound comes deliverance, God. For in that sound is healing and salvation. And for in that sound is restoration of all things stolen and taken. So, Father, we bless you for this word and for this thy people. Open up the ears of them. Open up the ears, God, that they can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And, Father, we find every demon in the airways, God, that will come against, Lord God, our Wi-Fi. Come against our uh, internet connectivity, Lord God. We bind even witches and warlocks, God, that don't even want the people of God to be set free. That want to keep them bound and locked up, Lord God. But Father, we thank you that you give us the keys to the kingdom. And even that, God, we unlock the cages and the prisons and we let your people go. Hallelujah, Father. We set the captives free. Let this word bring freedom in their spirit and in their minds, God. That you make it the glory. You said, I want the glory. And so, Father, we guess glory carriers. It comes from you. We acknowledge God that all the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to reread Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10. Amen. Because that is the meat of my message for today. Isaiah 55, 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but it waters the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So my topic, what I, as we open up the month of April, and as we open up, turn me down just a little bit, as we open up the month of April, and as we open up, amen, in, in, in spring, the first Sunday in spring, amen, this is the word that God has given to the body. He said, it's, a, it's almost a statement. It's a prophetic de- uh, declaration and a statement that says, let the seed I've sown speak for me. Let the seed I've sown, let the seed that I've sown speak for me. Years ago, we used to sing a song, let the word, let the uh, works that I do speak for me. But in this hour, your seed is going to begin to speak for you. And your seed is going to work for you. And your seed is going to open doors for you. And your seed is going to bring favor for you. And your seed is even going to protect you from harm and from danger. And your seed is going to protect you from decisions that are being made even high above your head. Things that you don't even have access to. But your seed is going to block a lot of injunctions that the enemy is trying to make against your life. So it, uh, let me go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6. The Bible says, In the morning sow thy seed, and in the, e- in the evening withhold not 
thy hand. And, and the writer goes on, the preacher goes on to say, well, you don't know which your prosper. You don't know whether God is going to honor and, and, and multiply your morning seed or your evening seed. Amen. And so we have a, a responsibility now to take that which God has given us, whatever your seed looks like. I, and I, I like to put this disclaimer out. We're not just talking about money. Okay? We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not even going to have this. Please don't take that message, this message, and equate it to money. But I'm talking about your gifts, your talents, your abilities, whatever you have in your house, like the prophet said to the widow woman. What do you have in your house, amen? What has God given you? What has God birthed in you? What has God delivered unto you and bestowed upon you that you can use to bring harvest to the kingdom? In the, in, uh, the New Testament, Jesus gave a parable, amen, about the, the service, of the faithful service and the soulful service. And we found out that the, the husbandman gave, amen, talents. He divided them. And he went away for a certain time to see what the people of God would do with that talent with, or with that seed. And we know the story, and I summarize it for those of you who don't, and I encourage you to read it on your own. But there were some who were faithful over that seed. They took it, and they put it to the exchanges, and they multiplied that which God had given them, that which the husband had given him. But then there was that wicked servant, and the Bible said it was wicked. The man, they call him a wicked, soulful servant. Amen. And this man took his seed and buried And the Lord came back, and he said, you wicked, soulful servant. Because he did not understand what God expected him to do with the seed. So this brings us back to what the prophet said, Isaiah, in 55 verse 10, amen, that when God gives you seed, he said, see, he said, the rain will come in the snow, even the rain and the snow has a purpose. The Bible says it will not return hither, but it has a purpose. The purpose for the rain and the snow is to come down and water your seed. So the rain comes in the daytime, and you think about snow coming in your nighttime season when everything is frozen, when it's dark, and when it's cold. And so even when you're going through pain, when you're going through conflict and you're going through challenges, God still wants you to sow your seed. You don't get a pass, and I meant I preached this last year, you don't get a pass for pain. (laughs) Jesus didn't get a pass for pain. He said, let this cup pass, and the Lord did not respond. And if some of you right now, you're going through some painful seasons, as many of us are in one area or another, and you want to draw back from the things of God. You want to draw back from that which God is calling you to. But God said, don't withhold your seed. Amen. Whatever it is, whether it's playing instruments or singing, I don't care what kind of demon is roaming across the face of the earth. When you have a seed, when you have a talent, you are obligated to sow that thing back into the earth realm. And so the response or the judgment for the servant who held on to his seed, because I fear the king. I know you are a hard man. In other words, God said, you don't even really know me because if you knew me, you knew that I'll even bless your seed when you're sowing it from a hard place. So it's not about me being a hard man or you know my heart. I want I, God is watching you. He is watching how you steward that which he has given you. God wants us to be faithful stewards. So in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, withhold not your hand because in the evening seasons, as I said earlier, those are going to be times when you just don't want to praise. You don't want to pray. You don't want to give. You don't want to live. You don't want to do nothing but just lay there and die. Amen. Because the earthly body is always seeking to return back to the ground. That's why we love to sit down and lay down and get down. But God is saying in this hour, I'm calling my people to arise and stand up. Amen. The song we ministered last week was let your light shine. Hallelujah. You can't shine your light in your bedroom. You can't shine your light in the back room. Uh, amen. Of the closet. You got to stand. You got to get front and center. You have to be seen. Praise God. God wants his people to come out. So that you can be seen. Come out and be numbered among the warriors who are standing on the front line. 
So he says, for as the rain comes and the snow from heaven and it does not return, that rain and that snow. In other words, what God does when you are sowing seed into the earth, God will speak to the rain and God will speak to the snow and he will give that thing an assignment. The assignment for the rain and the snow is don't come back. Number one, go back down to the, go down to the earth and water the earth, make it, bud, make it, uh, 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 bring it forth and bud. In other words, the rain and the snow has an assignment from God to come down to the earth, find where you have sown your seed and water it, make it bring forth and make it bud. So for every seed that you've sown, whether you gave somebody an encouraging word, whether you dropped off a case of paper towels or tissue, whether you opened up the doors of the house of God, whether you labored in song, amen, whether you labored, amen, God has sent his rain and God has sent his snow to find where you have planted your seed and he commanded the rain and snow. He said, you cannot come back here until you find where my daughters, where my son have sown their seed. And then God, even in the book of Genesis, the Lord sat over the earth. God sat over the earth. The Bible said the spirit of God hovered. And so the rain is going to hover over your seed and the snow is going to hover over your seed and it cannot move until it sees a breaking forth underneath the ground. It sees roots, amen. It sees the seed break open, amen. Shed is jacket and begin to come up out of the ground praise God so I want to build this point real good because I'm going to go into some examples and I'm going to talk about what is your obligation what is God expecting from you in this hour in this season of corona what is God saying about your seed has God given you a pass because we're on a stay at home order has God said don't even worry about the prayer line no more don't worry about ministry don't worry about the people of God and just look out for your house is that the word of God that he's saying to you in this hour or is God telling you I am still requiring you to encourage my people I am still requiring you to sow your seed I am still requiring you to be faithful I'm requiring you to still get up at 8 o'clock just because you don't have to be in the building does not mean you got a day off I'm still requiring you to get up I'm still requiring you to pray I'm still requiring you to be a midweek I'm still requiring you to sow amen just because you're going through a season of hardship because you're in your evening season God does not give your past a whole onto your seed. And the danger about that is, and here's where we're getting ready to go with this, is that there are many in this hour, this is what the Spirit of God spoke to me last week. He said, daughter, he, this is what he told me personally. He said, daughter, you are eating off of the harvest from seeds you planted years ago. My God. Even seeds in my children, praise God. Some of you are raising children right now and it seems like they're all over the house. You put something up, they tear it down. They're always hungry. They're always into stuff, always needing stuff. And it seems like they had your pockets bleeding for a season. Amen. You make a dollar, they need two of it, praise God. Filter money, school money, lunch money, cotton candy money, ice cream money, Nike's money, internet money, iPad money. It seems like it's just going out. But God said, you, God said, I want you to understand that you're sowing seed because there is going to come an hour that that which you have sacrificed on behalf of your children. One day, you're going to need those same children to help you. You're going to need those same children, amen, to go out and bring you some money, amen, to help you with some bills. And God said, I am causing you, I'm calling you to sow seed. Don't withhold your hand. Parents, there are going to be some seasons, especially right now, where you are going to have to sacrifice some things you want to sow into your generation. Why? Because God said, I don't want my children, listen to this, God said, I don't want my children of this next generation to grow up in a spirit of struggle. Oh God. And so there are going to be times you may have to go in your room and shut your door and cry so that you don't, amen, introduce your child to a spirit of struggle and hardship. So God's even watching how you how you manage your finances. God is watching those of you in ministry with children. They're watching. Did mama lead the, lead the uh, lay the ball down? Did daddy lead the ball? Because they don't have to preach no more. God said, even just because you can't come into the building, God said, you're still sowing seed. He said, your 
generation still need to see you praying. They still need to see you being faithful. They still need to see you tithing. They still need to see you praying. They need to see you logged in, praise God, sitting up at your living room with the word on blast. They still need to know that you're connected even in your even season. But God said you are sowing seed even in this. Even now. But he told me a couple days ago. He said, daughter, you are living off of seed that you planted years ago. And God took me down memory lane. And God took me down to a time, amen, I was joking with one of my spiritual daughters. We had a Bible study online, and, and, and she was on live on a video, and she had the baby going from one end of the house to another house, and burping them, changing them, whatever. And I just chuckled, and I said, God, I remember those days. I remember those days carrying my children to the house of God. One was on my hip, the other was in the carrier, another running across the church, another one on the cry. I remember those days. And I remember sometimes the stress and sometimes the frustration of trying to keep up with it all. Trying to make sure they were all fed. Trying to make sure everybody had homework, checking homework folders, three, four, five, six uh, homework folders, amen, and responding. And I can remember the struggle. But God said, daughter, he said, even then you were sowing something into your children. He said, you could have taken that time and finished school years ago. You could have taken that time and built your business and, and ran corporate America because I put that in you. But God said, you took the time and you sold seed into your children. And now when you need them to undergird you in the work of ministry, now when you need them to help you, amen, with things around the house, even in your own career, on your own job. God said, now there were times when I would leave things at work and I would call my son, hey, bring me this, bring my computer, bring my laptop, and it would show up. Some of us are angry with our children, amen. I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm going with God. Some of us are angry with our children, especially our adult children, because we're expecting them to fall in line and fall in compliance. But God so you need to be angry with yourself because times when you need to sow into that child, when you need to give them your undivided attention, God said, you're too busy. Amen. And now, amen, when you need them, amen, you're trying to eat from some trees that you have not planted. Somebody else planted that tree. Somebody else sowed into them. And so their loyalties are over there. Amen. And so now is the time, amen, to confront that thing. And say, God, I repent for being an a, 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 a unjust steward. I've come short in that area, praise God. So when we talk about seed, amen, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about what do you do with your time? What do you do with your talents? What do you do with your abilities? What do you do with the gifts and the opportunities that God has given you? Again, in Ecclesiastes 11 and 6, in the morning sow your seed in the evening. Why? Because you don't know which one is going to prosper. You don't know which tree. You don't know. You don't know one day from another. What is nobody saw this coming? Maybe one or two prophets, praise God. We, some of us saw something we didn't see. This is to be honest. I'm that prophet didn't see COVID. I ain't even going to tell no lie. I did not see COVID. I did not see COVID. Praise the Lord. I'm still a prophet. God just chose not to reveal that to me. And I thank him. That's a burden I don't want, praise God. But there, there will be times where things will happen in your life, amen, where you are going to need a favor that only comes from a harvest that you were supposed to sow. And God, let me tell you, God, he's meticulous about this thing. The Bible said, Jesus said, the man came back at an appointed time. You don't know when that appointed time is for you to come back and, and for God to come back and say, now, what have you done with that gift to sing that I've given you? What have you done with the gift to write? How many books have you put out? You've been home. You've been furloughed. You've been laid off. And you got all the time in the world to write the manuscript. I told you to I was teaching that. My people need to learn about prayer. I got women that's dealing with abuse. I got women that's men who's dealing with mind battles. And God said, I brought you out of that. I have equipped you. I have skilled you. But instead of you using this time wisely, amen, you complain and you worry about well, how much meat is at the store. Worry about toilet paper. Worry about what the president said. God said, I need you right now to get back on your job. Amen. The job may have fired you, but God said, you're supposed to still be working. You are still gainfully employed for the kingdom. There's no furlough and layoffs in the kingdom. Either you're fired or you're working. I ain't in between. 
him. There's no furloughs in this kingdom. Either you're working for God or you ain't. There's no in between. Either you hired, he said, for many are called, but few are chosen. That's it. Either you called or you chosen. He said, for many are called, but only a few are chosen. Only the few will grab hold to the gospel plow and say, till death do us part, till I leave for taking this last breath. Like Jesus said, till it is finished, I will proclaim this gospel. If I have to do it, come out and try by myself, I'll do it. If I have to do it in a room with six, seven, eight people, I'll do it. Holly, if I got a picture from my living room, I will do it. There's no furloughs. You don't get a day off. Hallelujah. So you never know, Ecclesiastes say, whether which shall prosper. The Bible says either this or that. Or whether all of them will come back at the same time. You don't know. You have no idea the seeds that you've sown. Amen. I had one spiritual daughter. The Lord had used her. For those of you who can see the sanctuary, God used her to spearhead a project for the church. Amen. And finish it. God finished it. Let me tell you how awesome and how timely. This is why you got to hear God. Some of you got to move in the timing of God. I don't care about how much money I don't have or my credit look like or who ain't it. You got to move in the timing of God because God wanted this building outfitted before we shut the doors to the church. God wanted us to put one last praise in this floor, on this on this platform, on this foundation before we left out the building. And the very Sunday that everything was finished was our last Sunday here. And so God, if she would have missed the timing of God, if the people of God that, that uh, contributed would have missed the timing of God, they would have missed an opportunity to eat from the tree, from the seed that they've sown. Many have sown out of their need. Many have sown out of a heart hard place. Many borrowed to sow. Amen. And, and, and God is saying, listen, I gave you, I had a time frame. And I, told, I said, y'all, we got a time frame to get this done. Did not know what God was doing, but I said, we got a time to get this done. And I gave the people got a deadline, and they met the deadline. And then even after that, the thing was extended, and we met that deadline too. Had everything done on the last day before we had to shut the door to the church. So there was some who heard God who heard, amen, the decree that we need to get this done, and they held their seed back. But then there were others, amen, and, and, and Ezra talks about this, who had a heart to do the things of God, amen, when they heard the call of God, they began to give, they cash out, they tied, they sold, they went online, and they gave, and because why? There was a door that was closing that that seed needed to be in the ground because the snow was coming, and the rain was coming, and let me tell you something, you ain't gonna sow no seed in the rain. Either the rain is gonna meet the seed, or you can eat your seed. Oh, God. So there is timing in the things of God. As I said, as I was young, bringing my children up, I could have, and, and, and you know, the enemy used to really mess up my mind because I missed out on a lot then. And God, in his infinite wisdom, I, I, I can do what I want to do, praise God, because they grow and take off when I get ready to take off, fly the way I want to go in Jesus' name. But when I was coming up, amen, there were a lot of sacrifices. And so the enemy was like, when you, and people would say, you so young, you ain't got to, but no, no, when you are a seed sower and you know you are a carrier, amen, there may be other things that you can do, but you need to do what God said you. Why? Because you have a time frame to put that seed in the ground. You got a time frame to sow that thing into the place for God. And it ain't no come back from it. When the, when the, when the husband man came back to look at the seed, it wasn't time for the wicked soul to say, hold on, wait a minute. Wait, wait, I, I need to put this in. It's too late. It's too late. Because you sow the seed late, that means your harvest is going to be late. Oh, God. <laughs> so let the seed that I've sown speak for me. So you never know. And I, I heard uh, uh, Minister Jessica as she was opening up in prayer this morning. And she was touching on some things. You never know when you're going to have to eat from a tree, from a seed that you've sown. 
You don't ever know. You don't ever know. Don't ever take, that's why the Bible said, redeem the times before the days of evil. You don't ever know when God lays on your heart, call so-and-so. Go pray, go check on so-and-so. Send so-and-so. You never know that it ain't so much about, oh, I don't feel like doing it. It's a time coming when you're going to go through your winter. You're going to go through a midnight season. You're going to go through an evening season. And you're going to want somebody to respond to God when they tell them, I need you to text my daughter. I need you to check on my son. You're going to need God. Years ago, I went through something. Years ago, I went through something and it nearly took me out. What brought me out among many things is the fact that I'm a seed sower. Not just financially, but in everything that God has given me. I hear people say, you're doing too much. You need to rest. You need to... The devil is alive. You got you to gotta watch out for sabotage too. You got to watch out. They told Moses, Moses, you take on too much. And there'll be some people who will tell you, now this ain't doing nothing. But they'll tell you, you're doing too much. But when you understand that you are a seed carrier, and you know that you have a certain length of time to get that seed in the ground, that's why Jesus said, he said, I'm not sitting here for everybody. Jesus understood, I have three and a half years of public ministry. That's all I got. I ain't getting no 30 more days. I'm not getting 10 more days. I'm not getting 12 more hours. There's a time. From the time he hit the came out the wilderness, the clock began to run. And if some of us right now, the clock is running, you have things you're supposed to do. You have things you had better do. Amen. God said, get up, stand up, let your light shine, and go out and proclaim the word of God and do what I told you to do. Jesus had a time. He told the apostles, he said, I need y'all to watch. He understood the time of, of my trial, the time of tribulation is at hand. And Jesus was trying to get the apostles to get into a posture of prayer. He was trying to get the apostles into a posture of prayer. Amen. So that they could be ready. And what happened? They were sleeping and they were slumbering. And so when the Roman soldiers came and when the uh, spies and Pharisees, what happened? They all played Peter acting up in the flesh trying to kill somebody. That's a whole other message, praise God. So what I'm saying is, don't underestimate time. There are people right now in my heart, go out, y'all just know how my heart bleeds for the people who, who have loved ones that are passing away even now. Thousands of people across this nation uh, have passed away. Never had a chance to come back home. Never had a chance to pick up the phone. Some have, thank God for nursing staff who put them on the phone before their last breath. Amen. But for the most part, they go to work, have some kind of fever, take a test, and they're shipped to some hospital somewhere. And their loved ones can't even get to them. There are women who are giving birth, can't even have their family there to support them. Things that we have taken for granted, people of God. And now we're in the hour of tribulation. And so now you have the woulda, shoulda, wish I woulda. Woulda, I wish I woulda made that phone call. I wish I would have called so I wish I would have said. You don't know what difference that could have made in somebody's life. You don't know as a pastor. You you watch over uh, well, shepherd at the God's heart, we put it like that. You don't know when your, that conversation with that person will be your last conversation. You don't know when they walk out the door, when that'll be the last time. The next time they come through the door, somebody's wheeling them in on, on a cart or what have you. You don't know. So that's why when God, that's why the Bible said, don't withhold your hand. When God puts something in your spirit, when God puts something in your heart, do it. Do it. So I was talking about years ago, I went through something, amen, and I thank God for the heart of compassion he's given me. And it's so big, many people have taken advantage of me, many, many people 
people have. You talk about church hurt. I can write a book, and I probably will on church hurt. Praise God. And, and, and so, but even in that, I never mistreated the people of God. Have I been perfect? No. I'll continue to make mistakes till the day Jesus comes to take me home. But Amen. My heart posture is always after the things of God. But even in that, despite how I was treated or mistreated, I always loved the people of God. Always encouraged them. Gave people opportunity that God knows they have. Well, nobody give them opportunity. But I tried to help them. Praise God to my own detriment sometimes. But little did I know that I was sowing seed. Amen. And so when a season came in my life when I needed somebody to help me and I needed somebody to hold me, I remember a time in my life it was two o'clock in the morning. I will never forget it. And it was I was going through something. The enemy was fighting me so hard. I felt like I was losing my mind. And it was a strong backsliding spirit that was coming after me. And I was wrestling in the house by myself. And I want you to know, two o'clock in the morning when I needed help, everybody was asleep. One of my, my mentor, amen, Apostle Ernestine Franklin, called me at two o'clock in the morning. And she said, daughter, she said, I don't know what's going on, but the Spirit of God pulled me out of my seat and told me to call and check on you. And it was her words, the anointing in her words, the power of her prayer that yanked my soul back from destruction. Why? Because in other people's hours of, of, of need, I was there and I pulled people. Amen. Being there, talking people out of committing suicide, talking people out of leaving their children, leaving their homes and doing things I can't even tell you, praise God. But God had me to go. There were times people, God would send me to people's bedside right before they were about to transition and I would lead that person to Christ. Amen. Not even knowing the people. Folks would call me, can you go to Fort Mill? Can you go to the hospital? Piedmont Medical Center and right here, I didn't even know the people. Somebody said, my grandmother's about to die and she doesn't know Jesus. And somebody told me to call you. Can you come right now? And you're talking about leaving everything you got trying to find the address. Amen. Trying to get to a hospital. You don't know nobody's name. Oh, you know it's death is at the door. Not thinking where you come in. Hell has the largest mouth waiting to take that soul. And here I am walking and don't know A from Z. And all I know is where's the lady? What's her name? And I'm standing there, amen, among the stench, among the, 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 the chaos in the room. And God is sending me in there. And I got to sit beside this woman's bedside and hold her hand despite her condition of her body. Amen. Holding her hand and preaching preach Jesus. I didn't have no microphone. Didn't have no organ. Didn't have no praise seat. Didn't have no offering. Amen. All I know is God said go. And in my hour, when it was time for God to take my mama, I was there holding her hand. God is a good God. When you have, amen, an opportunity to sow seed, don't withhold your hand. For you know not the day or the hour when you need to eat from the tree that you should have planted. Hallelujah. So this hour right now, to, to put a date on this message, amen, April, what's the day? 4th, 5th, April 5th, 2010, 2020. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are, this nation, this entire nation is under duress. And we're under, under duress and under arrest. Literally. We've been placed on house arrest. And, 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 and you know, some may have seen it, others may not, but at this point, it's irrelevant. It's really irrelevant who saw it and, and who, how deep and who, who's the major prophet. That, that kind of stuff is that divisiveness that the Spirit of God says we need to get rid of. But now is the time to sow into the people of God. Because there are some, there are some, amen, who did not sow seed of the word. They didn't come to Bible study. They wouldn't halfway come to, to, to worship, corporate worship. And they stayed away from the things of God, not knowing, acting out like a foolish virgin, amen, not understanding if this is the hour to get oil in your lamps, amen, to trim your lamps. And the wise virgins was in place. Every time you say come together, they're coming together. Every time you say move, they move. When you say give, they give. When you say whatever, the wise virgins was on point. And so that when the day of Christ came, when the bridegroom came and the alarm sounded, they were able to respond. But 
for the foolish virgins, and I, I'm just going to say this, and, and if you get mad, you just have to get mad, praise God. But the foolish virgins in this hour are the ones who are struggling with, is God going to make a way for me? Is God going to provide for me? The wise virgins didn't have to worry about that because they understood, as the minister said, he's a way maker. He will make a way for me. He has already made a way for me. And so things may look dark and things may look dreary. Amen. But when you are a wise virgin, when you have oil in your lamp, in your lamp trim and burning, you don't have to worry about where you can come into the building. Amen. You know that Christ is in your crisis. And you know when you open up your mouth, there is church. Amen. You don't need chairs in an organ. Amen. All you need to do is open up your mouth and the kingdom of God has come. Praise God. And so there are foolish virgins among us who are scrambling. They're scrambling. And if I can share what I see in the vision, they, the Lord showed me they were like roaches when you turn the light on. They're running, trying to find a word. And so this is where God dealt with me yesterday about the false prophets. When the false prophet, the mouth of the false, false prophet has opened wide. And it is drawing and luring in those foolish virgins who did not take the time to get into the word. Who did not take the time to sit under leadership. Who there was so much in their feelings, amen. Was so offended. You let a fix move you. You let, amen. Everything moves feelings and tired and I don't feel what. All that stuff moves. Now is an hour where you need every prayer, every Bible study, every Sunday morning. You need all the worship. This is the hour when you need it and you don't have it. And so the Bible says, even in Ruth's season, amen, she could not harvest, but she gleaned. In other words, the harvesters had to leave some things behind for those who didn't sow any seed. And so there are those right now who are gleaning off the seeds that you sowed. And they'll eat and they'll survive, but it will never be to the degree of the ones who put the seed down in the first place. The ones who sold the seed down is going to eat first and eat best. So this is an hour where we have many gleaners. And they're eating, and they're eating, and they're eating off of what you left behind. They're eating off of prayer lines right now. They're eating off the Bible. Whatever you do online, social media is blowing up. They can't even hardly keep up with the with the broad with the bandwidth because everybody's now trying to find a word. And the false prophet mouth is open and it's luring people in. God said, God said, God said, and God said, I have not spoken. God said, I because I've already spoken. I've already given instruction. Now the teacher is quiet. Now you've been tested. Now you've been proven. And so instead of us taking a test, amen, we're trying to run around trying to find a cheat sheet, amen, and you're going to fail miserably. You're going to have a wall on top of this wall. And so God is saying, now get into a place, repent for the season that you withheld your seat. And God said, be honest with me. Lord, I was not in place when I should have been in place. Lord, I, I withheld my seat. I was mad. I was glad. I, I was in my feelings. I was dealing all kinds of stuff. And now is the time when my, when my children need something from me, and God, I don't even have it to give. Now, that's not everybody's story, but that is somebody's story. Because you're gleaning when you should have been harvesting. When you should have been sowing seed, amen. You, you, the Bible said in Isaiah, he said, I will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You have to know the difference between the, what you eat and what you sow. You can't eat everything you bring in your house. I tell my children, when I get paid, honey, you better believe I'm, I'm, I'm shoving at least. After, honey, my savings account is proof that I know, how to, I know the difference between what I eat and what I sow. You can't take, you can't live paycheck to paycheck. You can't spend everything you make. You can't always have Louis Vuitton and, and Michael Kors and, 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 and Celine Dion. There's some days you're going to have to do Walmart or Target or Dollar General or Dollar Tree or Goodwill or whatever that thing looks like for you so that you can survive. Doesn't mean that you're not anointed like nobody else, but amen, you may be in a lean season. Know your seasons. If you are in a lean season, like God told Joseph, God said, prepare, prepare, prepare. Amen. There's a famine coming on the land. Prepare. He said, you want to have a harvest? He told Pharaoh, 
I need you to take a portion of that and put it to the side. Because why? In that dream, he saw the fat cows eat the lean cow. The lean cows ate the fat cows. In other words, all that the people had brought in, a spirit, a, 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 a devouring spirit took it all. God showed it to him prophetically. And so God used the prophet, um, Joseph, the first marketplace prophet, amen, that stepped up and he established the banking system that we use today. Joseph, the man of God, did that. God showed it to him in a vision, and that's why the devil wanted to kill him dead. Why? Because God wants you to, uh, the enemy wants you to suffer. The enemy wants you to be in derision. The enemy wants you to walk around confused. But if you have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, God will tell you, daughter, you want to get paid this month? You want to get an income tax refund? Son, you're going to get a bonus on your job? Don't spend it. Put it in the savings guy and don't you touch it. God will show it to you. But the Bible talks about, I think it's in 3 John, about the lust of the eye, the lust of, uh, the, 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 lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Where you got to have it by everything you see. Every new shoe come out, you line up in front of a footlocker, but can't make it to the house of God. Every time a football team come out with a new jersey, you got to have the jersey. Every time Apple come out with a phone, you got to have the phone. Now you got your phone, you got the jersey and your shoes, but you don't have God. So it's time to wake up. The Bible said, wake up, O sluggard, thou that sleep. Amen. And God will give you light. This is a time to be alert. This is a time to be sober. And to sit still in the presence of God and wait for the next set of directions. Elijah sat still in this lean season. In a season where he had to eat from dirty birds. Some of us are eating food from the government. Eating food from pantries. And you're not able to bring in your own. But God is providing for you. Amen. People in your neighborhood are dropping stuff off. You're eating from dirty birds right now. Even though you're called by God. Because why? God has to preserve the generation coming behind you. He's got to make sure that you eat. And that's why it was important for Joseph to survive. And this is why it's important for you to survive. Because you got generations behind you who need to live off your testimony and eat from your tree. Oh God. Is everybody alright? So the Bible said that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Wisdom is the principal thing. Know the difference when you get money or whatever. But particularly money. Know what to do with it. Ask God. The Bible said to honor the Lord with yourself. Lord, what do I do with this? I want this new car. I want this new house. I want a new liberal suit. But God, what should I do? The Bible said to acknowledge the Lord and all of our ways. And he will direct our path. What should I do with this bonus, this increase? I'm getting $300 on my check. What should I do? And, and, and if God tells you, daughter, son, save it. Then save it. You don't know when, the Bible said, you don't know which shall prosper, either this or that. You have no idea when you may need that. And it may not even be you. It may be somebody else who may need it. And you'll have it. The Bible talks about Jesus said, amen, about the neighbor, the man who needed, uh, uh, I think he needed bread. And the man said, just go away. I, you know, I'll pray for you. Something to that degree. And, and so the Lord was saying, you know, which father would give his son stone when he asked for bread? In other words, you, if somebody come and ask you for something, it's because God put in their heart that you already got it. So we have to be careful. There are times we should have things. You should have things in storage. Deuteronomy talks about it. I will bless your cabinets. That's your storage. That's your account. That's your whatever your, your savings thing. That's your storage. God said, I will bless your baskets. That's what you gather your stuff with. 
That's your job. That those are your abilities and your talents. God so I bless it so you can bring food into your house. That there may be meat in my house. You're supposed to have meat in your house. Whatever that meat looks like for you. I'm trying to move past it, but I feel God driving this and somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this. Some of you, and I say this with the love of Jesus, but some of you are struggling right now. You're struggling. How I'm going to do this? How I'm going to do this? But you should have been in place. You heard God. God, You heard God. And for whatever reason, you missed it. And now you're like this. You, The sun, the rain, and the snow has nothing to work with. God works with seed. God has to, God looked over the earth, and the earth was, the Bible said, boy. And darkness was over the face of the deep. But at least it was an earth. Under all the water was earth. And the Bible said earth even now is crying and groaning. Even in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I believe even now earth is crying. Earth wants to break out from under the darkness of the deep. And God God has something to work with. God has to have something to speak to. He's got to have something to look in the beginning. Go back to Genesis and look. And God said out of the dust. God formed man. And then when he had man, he could breathe. And then when he could breathe, he can move. And then when he can move, he can have a wife. Then he, he can have industry. But we want to have industry, but you haven't given God no dust. God don't have no fruit of your ground to work. God has nothing. But God, if you do it for me, I promise. This is not the hour where God, God don't want to hear no empty promises right now. God don't want to hear God if you do it, I will. God said, what are you doing right now? That's your seed. What are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? Let the seed that I sown speak for me. A few more points, and I'm gonna wrap it up, and then we'll do our have our communion. Amen. So I, I've got three examples. I've given you several, but I'm gonna give you three specific examples about uh, 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 people of God who had seed and, and, and just monitoring what they did with their seed. And the first one I want to talk about is Abigail. Abigail, who was married to Nabal. The Bible say uh, she was a woman of good understanding. Beautiful woman, a good understanding, but she was married to a fool. Amen. And so, even in that, God looked at, 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 at excuse me, at Abigail's life, and, and and there were some decisions. Listen to me carefully. There were some decisions that Abigail needed to make. But had Abigail not have sown seed in the relationship with her servants, Amen. This would have been a different story. Abigail's name wouldn't be mentioned in the Bible, and she wouldn't be one of David's wives. But when we look at the life of Abigail, we understand something. That when they, when the servants overheard what David, the, the conversation between David and Nabal, the Bible said they reported it to Abigail. Well, what does that mean? What that means is that Abigail had built a relationship with her servants. To the degree where when they heard about a threat coming to her house, they ran and told it. Now, there's wisdom in this because the thing of, <laughs> you're talking about seeding into your relationships. Sowing into your relationships, being kind, being supportive, being helpful, being forgiving, being compassionate, compromising sometimes so that you can maintain relationships. And not all of us have it. We got the Holy Ghost, but we don't have relationship. You, you got to have learn how to build relationship. Amen. And so in relationships, you're going to fall out. You're going to disagree. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of folks that's claiming God that don't know how to do relationships. And as a therapist, I'm telling you, it's a problem. It's a problem. So what, what we see in Abigail's life is that Abigail took the time to pour into her servants to the degree that they trusted her with counsel. They trusted her with secrets. They trusted her, amen, with, with, with intel. They could have said, you know what? 
Y'all pack up, let's go, because King David is coming, and he's about to kill everybody. Let's go. And they could have left Abigail in that house to die right beside her husband. But because Abigail, as the Bible said, a woman of understanding, a wise woman, even though these people worked for her, hear me, supervisors, managers, and department heads, and owners, and CEOs, that there may be some that you, God said, they asked you for a day off, you wouldn't give them a day off. They asked you for a raise, you wouldn't give them a raise. And now when all hell breaks loose, the same person that you dismissed and fired could have been the very same one that's helped pray, keep your business open. <laughs> Allowed your business to be essential. So you have to be very, very, very careful that everybody else's restaurant can be shut down. But because as a manager, as a restaurant manager, amen, you were kind to your staff. You gave them time off. You gave them a raise. You acknowledged them for the work that they've done. And now when the city has a shutdown order, your business is more prosperous than everybody on your street. Why? Because it's favored in your business. So you have to be careful when you are in positions of leadership to not mistreat people and look down on them and be condescending because it could be the very ones, Joseph and Pharaoh, it could be the very ones in your house that can save your business. So you have to be careful. So with Abigail, because she built relationship with her her, her staff, amen, when, when trouble was coming, they were in place and they said, Abigail, woman of God, we got to tell you what's going to happen. And because of that, Abigail was at the mouth of use wisdom and save her whole household. So even for those of you in charge of, of a church or a family or a business or whatever your thing is, you got to watch how you treat those who are serving you or who are submitted to you because you don't know who carries the mouth of favor. You don't know whose ear is connected to God and they got the word to bring you out. Amen. When a sickness going to hit your body and I've had my colleagues who call me, Miss Fear, oh Lord, don't let me talk about prayer on, on Friday. Jesus, we're at church. At, on a virtual conference line at work on Sunday. I ain't even talking about that, but good God Almighty. So this is why even those of you in leadership positions on your job, be careful how you treat people. Be careful how you talk to them. Well, I work here and I've been here. This is my business. You can leave. That same one that you put out could be the very one that God gives in the mind of wisdom to save your business from folding under. And instead of you filing bankruptcy, your thing is prospered. Everybody wonder how you keep your doors open. It's because you got a Joseph in an employment place and you understand that man, that woman has favor. So Abigail was one example about sowing seed when you're in leadership position. I even speak for me as a leader because I sow it to my people. I encourage my people. I push my people. And yes, I will get on my people. Amen. But when I need something, they, I, I, I only have to say it one time. And they are there. So it is important, even with my family, my children, if I need something, they are there. So it is important to sow seed in relationship, like I said earlier, it's not always money, 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 but you can sow relationships, sow into a good relationship. The next example, and I'm trying to, I'm coming on down, I'm coming down, is Elisha. The Bible said Elisha came from a very wealthy family. This man of God was plowing 12 yoke of oxen. That's like, I think uh, when I last studied, a yoke is 12 oxen, if I'm not mistaken. So you're looking at, and I stand corrected, because y'all look at so you said, so, 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 praise God. It's been a minute since I did it, okay? So let me just find some numbers. It was a lot of oxen. How about that? I'm going to save y'all the emails and the inboxes. It was a lot of a lot of oxen that the man of God, they had, they had a cattle farm. They, they were into agriculture, and they were very wealthy, amen. And so the Bible said when Elijah found Elisha, he was plowing. He, he, he was running his father's business. Very wealthy man, amen. And, and listen, look at the way, when you get a minute, look at how he entreated his staff. When he received the call, he didn't say, well, y'all done. I got to go and serve God. Get y'all. See y'all later. Uh, uh, shut the door. 
on your way out. He, he didn't treat them like that. The Bible said when he responded to the call, he told Elijah, he said, wait a minute, I'm going to come serve you, but let me go back and kiss my parents and, and, and let me take care of myself first. He had a mind of God and he knew even though God was elevating him and transitioning him, he didn't forget what God had done for him. He didn't forget the folks who had been there with him. He didn't forget his parents. He didn't forget his staff. And so what did he do? He, he cut up all the oxen and he fed everybody. They, honey, they took home steak and oxtails for days. Oh my God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let me just thank God for oxtails. <laughs> Shondo. So, so, but they, they had, he, he sent them away with stuff. Even when Jesus left, he said, Behold, I give gift. He didn't just leave the people empty. You, you just don't leave people empty. Well, I'm done. Forget you and you and all your kids too. Honey, that's not the mind of Christ. Now, I don't know what kind of spirit that is, but that's not the spirit of God. Listen, there, there should always be a peaceful benediction. The Bible calls it the Mizpah Covenant. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're asking one from another. And this happened, amen, because of the children of Israel parted tribes and they wanted to make sure they had to keep watching their back. And so they got up on the watchtower and said, listen, God is watching between how you treat them. Once we split and we go separate ways, like Bishop Jake said, we kiss and say goodbye. You go your way, I go my way, but don't come for me. Because God will watch. We making a covenant, I will bother you, I will attack your people, and you be blessed, we be blessed. We, you know, me and you, we go part. Go over there, you go over there. Paul and, and, and uh, Peter had to do the same thing. They had to separate. But they separated in peace. So there will be times when you have to walk away. The devil's a lie. You ain't got to always be with folk. There will be times Jesus told Judas, whatever you do to me quickly, goodbye. Go. Okay? So, you got to understand that even when God's given a benediction to relationships, watch even how you sow into that. I always say, don't slam the door on your way out. Don't take the door down and burn the house down. Just because you're done. But God still wants to minister to us. And your season may be up, but there are others who are, whose aren't. So, be considerate. So, Elisha, going back to Elisha, is... uh. So going back to Elisha, when he received the call, he didn't just take off and say, oh man, the prophet called me, the prophet of God, the big prophet, I'm going to the nations. And he didn't leave, he didn't abandon himself. He made sure, and Elijah said, you know what, you go ahead. Elijah understood, he said, you're going to be here for a minute. Elijah understood, he said, you know what, I'm not going to wait, go do what, you, do what you will. And he went on, he said, you know what, if you really call, you catch up. Elijah never told him not to do that. Elijah understood relationship. Even though he didn't have much of his own. But Elijah understood relationship. And he, he, he allowed Elijah to go ahead. But he knew. Just looking at the character of Elijah. It's going to take you a minute to cut up all the moxen. And say goodbye to your mom and your daddy. And feed all this. It's going to take you a minute. You just going to have to catch up. If it's God, you'll catch up. Did you hear me? If it's God, you'll catch up. You won't miss it. So that was Elijah. And because Elijah sacrificed his business. Sacrificed his family. God allowed Elijah to pick up Elijah's mantle. And this man of God operated in twice as many miracles. His anointing was stronger than his predecessor. Why? Because he honored. He sowed seed. And God honored the seed. The rain, the snow came down and honored the seed. My God. My last example, and I'm coming to a close. I hope everybody's okay. I hope y'all getting something out of this. Was Peter. I mentioned him a little bit earlier. Peter. We can say a lot of things about Peter. And we normally do. <laughs> but one thing about Peter. Peter was sold out. Peter was sold out to be good. He was sold out to be crazy. It, it was no, you know, it was no if and you you always knew where Peter was. Either Peter was tripping 
or Peter was. It was no deceiving. Peter had no deceiving spirit. And that's the difference with, with, with Peter. And that's why Jesus could work with him. Judas was deceiving. He was in and out, but he was deceitful. But Peter was in and out. He was his truth. Whatever he said, he said in front of everybody. He had no, it wasn't no behind the corner, behind the, 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 the shelf conversation. Peter said what he had to say. That's just the nature of who Peter was. And God loved that and made him the chief apostle to the Jews. But the thing about Peter was, Peter sacrificed his fishing business. Peter was a very wealthy man. Peter took care of his family. The Bible talked about when his mother-in-law was sick because he had a relationship with Jesus. Jesus stopped everything he was doing and went to Peter's house and tended to his mother-in-law. She was, I think she was dying from the people, what have you. And Jesus attended to his mother-in-law and raised that woman back up. And the Bible said she received so much strength, she got up and fixed him a whole meal. All the apostles now, 12 plus their family, this woman that was laying there sick. Why? Because of the relationship that Peter had with Jesus. Sacrificed everything, sold out everything. I hope I'm helping somebody. Because some of you think your laboring is in vain. You think your sacrifice is in vain. You think the things that you had to push aside, stuff that you wanted to do, and, and what you could have done, amen, you, 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 you think that that's in vain. I can't tell you how many conversations the enemy had with me. You could have did this. You could have been mega. I've had people hire me, send me a uh, uh, hire uh, um, uh, letters asking to hire me to be their pastor. And I wouldn't have to do nothing. And one man said, a woman of God, and I'm not going to mention the association, or the denomination around. All you got to do is just come in and preach. We got everything else taken care of. So offer me a salary, offer me housing allowance, and offer me a vehicle. All I had to do was come in and preach. But the catch to that was, I, they had already had the sermons for me that they wanted me to preach. And the, that'll never work for a prophet. You will never be able to tell a prophet what to preach. And you might even give me some scriptures to work with, but you'll never be able to tell me to stick to those scriptures. Honey, that will never work out. Praise God. <laughs> the Lord. That you badass God. <laughs> I didn't even have to burden the Lord and say, God, is it you? I knew that wasn't God. Okay? But what I'm saying is, people will bait you. If you had another right here in Charlotte, I, we need you to come and be our praise and worship leader. Bring your family and be, be, be our praise and worship leader. We'll do this and we do that. We'll do cities and we do all this stuff. So that's why you got to watch out for the pride of life. You got to watch out. Especially when you know your own, what your own personal economy looks like. When you can really use some help. And that's the time when the enemy will lure you. Like times like this. When, when you need help. And the enemy is offering you like you told Jesus. Why don't you, why don't you hungry? Don't you want uh, association? Don't you want prestige in a name? Jesus said it is written. So you have to be, when, when you're in precarious times and perilous times, you've got to be very careful about what you lend your ear to. Don't some folk you can't even have conversation. When you see them coming, no. The answer is no. I don't care what you ask me for. The answer is no. Goodbye. Don't even have things entertaining your spirit. There's some conversations you can never have with me. I don't even want to hear. I will not return your phone call. I will return your time. I will return your inbox. I'll block you. I'm just not interested. I don't even have time for that. That ain't what God is doing. That is not what God is doing. But you have to know that. You have to know that. But watching out for for the for the pride of life. So Peter sold it all. This man could have remained in business, became a millionaire, and, and took care of his family. But he got he he he. he he gave away everything. Like Paul said, I become, uh, he, said, he said, I become all that I may win some. Paul said, I become as foolish. I become as nothing. Just that I may apprehend Christ. Forgetting all those things. He said, I, I, Paul was very well learned. This man learned in the Gamaliel, the chief priest. Paul was a lawyer. Paul understood the scriptures back and forth, upside down. He knew the letter of the law. But he said, in order to win Christ, I count myself as nothing. Just to get Christ. 
He gave it all away. And this hour, ain't nobody giving away nothing. They want their stuff, and they want God too. And so you have mixtures. You have combination. You got combo. You got a number one, a number two, three, four. You get small, medium, or large. Combos in the, in the kingdom. Where I got my stuff and God's stuff too. Honey, you're going to have to get rid of it. You're going to have to choose you this day. Who are you going to serve? And so closing out with Peter. Peter had, amen, had given given up all. And matter of fact, I think Jesus asked. They said, Lord, we have given up all things to follow you. Where are we going to go? I said, we ain't got no job. We ain't got no money. We got nothing. Where are we going to go? We have, Lord God, we have given up all things to follow you. Peter had given up everything to follow Jesus. And what did God do for Peter? Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And even, listen, when Peter, remember I said about your winter season, when you're going through a winter season, when you're going through an evening season, a midnight season, amen, we all have them. Some of you are going through it right now, but be encouraged, amen, because God is a deliverer. You won't say that always. God will bring you out. Some of you are coming out right now. But Peter went through a midnight season of his life. He backslid, amen, but Jesus picked that thing up in the spirit. He said, Peter, he said, he said, Satan, I see that Satan designed to sift you as wheat. Jesus saw it because of relationship. Remember what I said about relationship. There are favor in relationships that people can forewarn you of things. They can see trouble coming. And because they're in relationship, they said, Lord, if I were you, I wouldn't go to Walmart today. So text on your phone. You get out the door. And all of a sudden, you get a text message. Lord, I said, don't go to Walmart. Because of relationship. And you say, okay, I don't know why, God, but I'll, I'll go later. And you don't know what could have happened on the way to get there. What happened? Relationship. Because Jesus, Peter, built and sold into a relationship with Jesus. Jesus saw the enemy afar off, and he warned Peter. And he said, Peter, I pray for you. He said, uh, that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brothers. Jesus not only told Peter where the devil was. He told Peter what the devil was going to do and how he was going to come out. Come on, somebody. Because why? Because Peter sold seed. When Peter's bills were due, Jesus said, my bill do too. Go down to the water. And, and go to the first fish you can. Jesus, no, I can't put you in the boat, Peter, now because you got to brought you from the boat and you, you may get on that thing and don't want to come back. He said, no, go down to the water. <laughs> Cash your net. You ain't getting on no boat no more, Peter. Them days is over. Cash your net and when you pick up the fish, open his mouth and you're going to find a coin. Go pay your bills and pay my bills. Why? Peter sold. He gave up his life. And not only that, what else I had in my little notes? You're going to look at his right hand. This is just, yeah, praise God. But I do it just because praise the Lord. So when Peter got locked up, when Peter got locked up, Peter still as a and I, I'm gonna hit this real hard. I'm gonna get right on out of the way. Even though Peter was an itinerant apostle, he was a chief apostle. He was his, uh, was headquartered in Jerusalem. But Peter traveled and he did ministry. But Peter always kept a relationship with his church. And when Peter got locked up, who was it that prayed day and night? It was the church, the church at Jerusalem. Why? Because they understood, first of all, they knew where Peter was. That's number one. Does anybody know where you are? Number two, Peter had relationship. And so when word came that Peter was in trouble, they dropped everything. When you sow into relationship and you find yourself in trouble, people will go out their way to come help you. Because they remember the seed that you sown. They remember and they are loyal to the relationship that you built. So when Peter was locked up, the church was praying for him day and night. Their prayers did not cease. Not only that, not only did he have the church praying for them, but the angels of God was roaming around like, what are we going to do, God? And we cannot leave him here. 
The angels went to the jail. And and, and, this, and Peter was in such peace. This is what you got to understand. In this hour of corona and COVID, you got to understand when you sow into your relationship with God. And even though we're all under arrest, God will have you in peace. Whose minds are staying on me. I will keep your mind in perfect peace. God said, I'll give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Peter was in jail and he was asleep. And he wasn't just asleep. Peter was in a hard sleep. Peter was asleep so hard the angel had to beat him to wake him up. The Bible said they struck him. Now, you know, I don't know about y'all. I'm talking about joy. When you got people in your house, it's hard to wake up. Woo! The angels had to beat him. That's how much peace Peter was in. He was in peace. And, and the church was praying for him. Peter knew God's going to bring me out because my work is not done. And this is how you know people got God's going to bring you out because his work is not done. The church is going to come out. Our work is not done. Don't fret. Be anxious for nothing. It's going to be okay. Let's ride the season out. Trust God. Let's get through it and come back greater, stronger, and better, wiser than ever. Let's do it better the next time. Because sometimes you need to learn how to appreciate things. And quit taking things for granted. So Peter, God released angels to get to Peter. They, they got him out of jail. Amen. And took Peter all the way down the street. And finally, I guess Peter woke up. They let him go. Peter went to the house. Y'all know the story. Knocked on the door. And the girl thought it was his ghost. Shut the door and went back in. Told the people, I think it's somebody look like Peter. They said, well, open the door. She opened the door and there was Peter. Why? God delivered Peter out of jail. God delivered Peter out of the grips. And the plan of the sin of the wicked. Because Peter sold seed. Father, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you. And we thank you for this word. Oh God, so much has been said here today. So much has been said, Lord God, to awaken your people out of slumber. Now I thank you, God, for those who turn that real love they'll, they'll block the whole thing. Somebody post on the comment section, we don't own the rights, and prayerfully that'll work. Praise God. Um there are those God who have fallen asleep. And God, when they woke up, they're like, like Rip Van Winkle. They don't know what's going on. They have been asleep in the church for so long. Went about the form of godliness, but denied the power. Didn't think they needed prayer. Didn't think they needed to be saved. Didn't think they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Didn't think they needed to tithe. Didn't think they needed to sow. Didn't think they needed to worship. Foolish virgins, God. And now the hour has come where people are asking, well, where is God? Where is God? But Lord, you were right there all along, beckoning. You said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man open, I will come in and sup with him. And we will make our abode with him. Father, I pray, even in this hour, this Passover season, how prophetic can that be? Oh God, he that has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. God, this is that same hour when Moses instructed Israel to apply the blood. This is that same hour when the people of God were commanded to stay at home. The same hour. Could nobody do this but you, God? Everybody is seeking and searching and wondering. But the Lord shall sit in the heavens and laugh. Not that you mock your people. But God, because many of us have missed it. And God, in your infinite wisdom, if there ever was a time for revival, the time is now. 
Father, grab a hold to our hearts while they're tender. You've broken down the prideful heart. You said two, three weeks ago, you would deal with the prideful heart. You said all of this, God. You said it. You said, where's your God? You talked about the entertainment God. You talked about the idols. You said it. But you said, having ears, you can't hear. You said, my people have eyes. Isaiah said it. And they cannot see. Oh, God. You said, our foolish hearts have been darkened with misunderstanding. But in this hour, my God, wake us up. Even those who are awake, wake us up again. Don't let us miss nothing, God. Lord God, allow those of us who are eating from a harvest to also be mindful of those who have nothing. There are some, God, even in my inbox, who are crying out. They need somebody to take them through deliverance, and they can't go to anybody's church. But God, when the conferences were held, when we brought the general in, oh God, when we brought Jesus, where were you? Jesus said, I dance, I play music, you wouldn't dance. He said, I, I called for you, you wouldn't answer. He, and, and Jesus cried, he wept, all oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stoned the prophets. He said, I would as a hen gather you together, but you would not. This is that hour. Father God, have mercy, Father. As Jeremiah wept, as he lamented for the people. Oh God, the intercessors are crying all day, all night. The healthcare workers, God, are crying. They, some of them are on the roof of the hospital buildings. Some of them are on the floors. So God, crying. Lord Jesus, the governors, the truck drivers, the retail workers, God, the, the delivery drivers. The educators, the parents, the children, crying. Where are you, Lord? The nations, the banking systems, the, oh God, the CEOs, the stock market. It's bleeding. Bleeding, God. Have mercy. Waiting for a check in the mail. Waiting for something to hit the account. Watch Measuring out what to spend. Oh God. Have mercy. Have mercy, God. Have mercy. Have mercy, God. God, I, Lord God. We throw ourselves on the mercy seat, God. Even you said, Melody, God, even this whole nation, even this whole nation have robbed me. Not just of money, God. That's you said count the count the mind that's mine, the goal, everything is mine. But God, we rob you of your glory. We've made our own idols. We we fell and worship Dagons and, and Asherahs and oh God. You cancel the Easter bunny. You cancel it. You said you, you said, I said, away with your feast. Away, away with it. God, I can't take no more. No, you will not. Where you're peaking your purpose. You will not. Not this year, not in 2020. You will not. Oh God. Father, for those who have backslidden, let this be an hour of the return. 
Let this be the hour of the prodigals, God. Those God who took the blessing and ran with it, God, took that job, took that marriage, took that promotion, and they ran and gave you their hind parts to kiss. Now, we've been shaken. Oh, God. We've been shaken. And you have exalted the lowly. Huh. Oh, God. You, Lord God, have returned us to the first ministry, which is family. God said, go back, even this whole nation, and do your first words over there. Go back. Go, go back and learn of me. Drink of me. Taste me again. Go back to the word. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Before the microphones, before the pit systems, before the Instagram, before. Go back to when it was just me and you. Go back to when you appreciated everything I did. Go back to when you were testifying. Go back to when you were speaking tongues and praying till the sweat dropped. Not because you wanted something or because you had a few moments. Go back to when I was first. Go back to when you honored me with your substance. Go back to when you appreciated the job, the increase, because I gave you power to get wealth. Father, I know this is a hard saying. For even now, many are grieving God. Many are hurting. Many have lost their lovers. Many have lost their jobs. Many God are losing their minds. Lord God, one of the truck drivers told my husband that they are truck trailers carrying lockers to the major cities because there's no place to bury the dead. And they're putting their bodies in ice stadiums and ice rinks in gym lockers. God! God! In a locker! In a locker! A funeral home director's got to cry out. They're afraid to embalm the bodies, God. Oh! Oh, oh God. <laughs> They're afraid. They're not even embalming the people no more, God. <laughs> They're afraid to touch the bodies. Our law enforcement, God, are contracting COVID. Our health care. Father, we need you. We need you, God. <laughs> like never before. You said you would pluck the wings of the eagle. Oh, God. We know that we represent, we are the symbol. The United States, our symbol is the eagle. Oh, God, you plucking our feathers, you plucking. We're in a season, like Isaiah said, we're being molten. We have to sit on a branch while you pluck our wings off. And now we are ashamed to the nations. We, the superpower, can't even heal our people. The superpower. You said in Revelation, you said all the nations have drank the wine, the wine of her wrath. And God said in one hour, I'll make her ashamed. You have brought us to shame. We are ashamed. We are ashamed. Every day the death cold, cold just keeps mounting and mounting. God, we can't even go to the grocery store. We got to stand in line. 
oh God, we got to wait outside to get groceries. Uh, Jesus, have mercy. You canceled graduation. You canceled promotion. You canceled it, God. We hear you. We hear you. We hear you. I pray for the pastors, God, even the pastors and leaders, God. Oh, God. Have contracted the virus, Lord. Now the people are scared to go to the church game. Have mercy, God. No. Jesus. Make us over again another. Deliver us from our wicked ways, God. Heal this land, God, that has sinned before you. For we have become wasteful. Now the things that we used to take for granted and take for granted, now we count it. We count the toilet paper. We count food. We count water. We count everything. Because we were wasteful. And you killed Olin because he was a waster. You said, for everything I made was good. Not to be wasted. We would go to buffets and just pick over. Now they close to me. Huh. Have mercy, Jesus. God, we throw ourselves on the mercy seat and we ask for mercy. Sin healing, God. For you have afflicted us. Hell. We will yet trust you. Though you slay me. Though we are confined to our houses. Yet will we trust you. Hebrew boy said, if you don't deliver, we will not bow to bail. We will not bow. So Father, I ask you, God, to look upon this nation and all the lands, all the peoples and the families, God, who are affected. Look upon us in your mercy, Lord. Cause us to remember from where we have fallen and draw us back to you, Lord. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory will now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen.